everyone, and welcome to the third episode of Influencing Safety with Bill Martin, the president and CEO of Think Tank Project, LLC. I'm Kate Wade, the editor of Incident Prevention Magazine and your host for this podcast. In this episode, Bill and I dive into the topic of emotional intelligence, discussing, among other things, what it is, its impact on crew safety, and why it should be considered a strength, not a weakness. So let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast, Bill. Thanks, Kate. How are you this morning? Good, good. Um, um, you know, I just can't thank you enough for these opportunities. This is kind of my mission, having been alignment for 20 years and, and for all the things I get to see in my other medical life, I see really good opportunity for us to move forward. And this is really, I, I thank you for that. Of course, we love having you here. Um, I think we talk a lot about a lot of good stuff. And what we're going to be talking about today, like I said, is emotional intelligence. But one of the things I want to mention before we really get into anything um, is that, you know, between this podcast and the other two that we've had, we talk about a lot of stuff that might be considered touchy-feely, you know, words and phrases, um, which aren't necessarily embraced by everybody who works in the industry. But being emotionally intelligent isn't really a weakness. You can be a tough guy, a tough woman, while still being emotionally intelligent in your interactions with others. Can you talk a bit more about that from your perspective? Sure, Kate. Um, you know, I'm trying to picture, imagine myself a utility worker, male, female, lineman, substation, whatever, um, listening, that's just trying to listen to this. I, I, I want to reach out to them because I can I can feel what it feels like. Oh, here we go. Another, you know, another trying to sip this emotional intelligence Kool-Aid. You know, this is the this is what we're going to drink today and the psychological safety stuff. Um, but really. What, what we're about to talk about is really hard to do. This is not easy. And and the outcomes are so much better. It's already been proven in studies. If we focus on the stuff that matters, and, and you know, I, I, as you know, I've been in all over the country talking to to linemen, uh, most linemen, utility workers, street trimmers, and I all ask ask them the same question. I say, so does crew relationship affect crew safety? And a hundred percent say yes. What's really interesting is a hundred percent of their managers say yes, mm -hmm. and so at a time when we're the most divisive we've ever been in this country, every Everybody agrees that the relationship factor matters, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't see a lot of a lot of effort in that direction because it, it, and we're going to talk about some science today too. And and, and because there, the way that our brain works um, isn't necessarily beneficial to us because our brain is a lot older than we are, right? We've evolved over time, so we've got parts of our brain that were there to keep us from getting eaten by the lion. So, so when we trigger that part of our brain, we want to react, we want to act, react, bang, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like when, if I say, Hey, Kate, you know, uh, <laughs> as soon as I do that, it startles you and you go into instant defense. Yep. Um, so, so I, I don't know, I, I, we need to be able to, to understand some, and some of this is pretty weird, Kate. I mean, we are not just conscious people. We are also unconscious people. Yes. So we have the ability to listen to that voice in our head. And what I'm starting to realize is maybe not everybody's aware of it. Right. So I, I think I might have done this with you. You know, if we're talking about uh, emotional intelligence. So say emotional intelligence out loud, Kate. 
Emotional intelligence. Now say it in your head so I can't hear it. Okay. Did you say it? I said it. Okay. Could you hear it? I could hear it. So isn't that amazing that there, I don't know who said that because I said that I didn't hear it mm-hmm. I, and you didn't make a sound that your ears would hear, but mm-hmm. you know, you said it. So, so we all being aware that there's a difference between your brain and your mind. It's kind of important here if we start talking about these things. So, so your brain is physical. It's divided into two hemispheres and there's a lot of science on this. You've got a side that's a little more analytical and a side that's a little more uh, emotional and they're both sides do both things, but we like to think analytically, right? We like to think, Oh, here's a problem. So Kate, if you just did this, that wouldn't happen to you. But if I give you that information and you're in a state of still reacting to me yelling at you, um, it's unlikely it's going to sink in. Right. So, so, so we actually have the ability. It's called, it's a level of theory of mind. We have the ability to actually kind of put ourselves in another person's position as to how they might react or feel to what we're, and that's, that has a lot to do with our mind and our brain, not just our brain. Well, and I think it also is kind of goes hand in hand with the the psychological safety component that we talked about last time. I, I really think psychological safety and emotional intelligence work together. Um, how do you feel about that? So, so absolutely. So, so let me just shout out to the utility workers again. So, you know, the people that work in the utility business, they think they chose a job. They mm-hmm. didn't. They didn't choose a job. It's a mantle of responsibility that chose them. It's much like a policeman, a fireman, an ambulance doctor. People, people get chosen into fields, and then you accept that mantle of responsibility. I mean, keeping people's lights on is a huge deal, right? Absolutely. And not that every, every job's a huge deal, but this is a mantle of responsibility that not everybody should be in, and it chooses you. So, so once we accept that the job chooses us, we want to have the best possible outcome, mm-hmm. right? F- from that. And when you talk about trust, psychological safety, and emotional intelligence, this isn't linear. This isn't like I'm I'm a lineman, right? I'm I need to build a line. So first, I need to set the poles. Then I need to put in the anchors for the corners. Then I need to frame the pole. Then I need to run the wire. That's a linear progression. Mm-hmm. This is more, and I hate to use this analogy because it's overused. It's more like a three-legged stool, right? Yeah. You've got trust, the psychological safety, and emotional intelligence. Without one of those, the stool's wobbly, mm-hmm. and your communication is a little off. And they don't happen linearly. They happen in real time. Um, so, so as we talk about emotional intelligence, we have a choice in how we respond, but only if we accept that, that, so it's called your amygdala, right? I think it's, it sits above your brain some of there. I think there's two of them and they're buried deep in your old brain. And that's, that tells you to respond quickly, to react. And anybody that's listening right now has reacted and said something they shouldn't have or reacted in a way too quickly. We can learn if we practice to not to be hijacked by our amygdala, yeah. but to consider how we're going to respond. Let me, let me give you an example. I'm up in uh, the North great Northern area of New York and doing some work. And I get a call. Look, there was an incident at these two, two crews working together, probably 20, 20 minutes from you. I said, all right, great. What happened? Well, the, they were putting together, getting a guy wire together for, for a guy wire and it sprung out into traffic and hit a car on the way by. I said, anybody heard? He said, no. Great. So, so I show up and there's these, there's a corner pole 
there's two bucket trucks back to back and the, the, this lineman is there, a couple of linemen there, two guys in the buckets. And what they were doing is there's a bank. So he had, you know, you put guy wire three, it's guy wire in a basket so that it's held because it's really a lot of tension and it's springy. So as you pull it out, it doesn't just the whole bale of guy wire just doesn't go in bananas. You can pull out the wire one in a nice orderly fashion, but it coils like a snake. They didn't want to carry the basket all the way down to the anchor because of the bank. So they figured, well, we'll pull the guy wire out here. And as he pulled it out, getting it ready to, to wrap a, a preform on it, it got out of his hand and hit the traffic. So I come to meet the guy and I know I, I've, we've met before. We don't really know each other well. And I said to the guy, look, I said, I'm just here just to try to figure this out. Cause you know, this is the first part just to investigate it. And uh, I said, I just want to know, you know, you know, what happened and what you were thinking. And he starts talking and he starts raising his voice uh -oh. and, and, and sorry, like, and you know, and it, this is what we're doing. we got a lot going on. And, and he starts defending what he was doing. And I said, well, look, whoa, whoa, this is, so here's the emotional intelligence part. When he started defending what he was doing and raising his voice, that starts to trigger me. Mm -hmm. And I could get, say, well, wait a minute, dude, what are you yelling at me for? That's one choice. That's my amygdala talking, right? Yeah. Or I could do what I did because I am aware that I'm being triggered. It's kind of like a computer becoming self-aware, mm -hmm. right? I'm aware that I'm being triggered. So, you know, and I've told you before, it'd be really good if humans could become self-aware before computers do, because, <laughs> but, but I'm not sure it's going to happen. But, 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 but anyway, so I'm aware. So here's my response to him. And this is my choice. Look, dude, dude, uh, listen, please do not defend yourself. You've got more than 10 years doing this, right? And he says, yeah. I said, I, I am not questioning your ability or how good you are at this. You are awesome with this. You've got so much time invested in this. You don't need to defend what you were doing or how you were doing it. I said, but what you need to do is figure out what went wrong so we can share it with other people so we can prevent it from happening again somewhere else. And for us too, right? But I mean, right now I said, you're the smartest guy on this because it just happened to you. So also, if you're defending yourself, I need to apologize. Some way that I presented myself puts you on a defense. It's not your fault. It's mine. So can we start again? And from the, right. And from mm -hmm. there was like, oh yeah, yeah, sure. From there it went fine. He said, well, this is what I was happening. You know, I didn't want to carry it down the bank and, and it got away from me. And then we, we had a clear picture because there was no emotion in it. Right. But in order to have no emotion, you have to have emotional intelligence. Right. The irony. Right? Right? <laughs> yeah. And then, and also, the, I don't know if you noticed there, there's a couple other things that happened. I had to make it safe for this interaction, which I didn't do first. Yeah. Had I done that first, he may not have been in defense. So if I built some trust with him first and, and create a safe space, I might not have had to back up and make that other. Does that story make sense to you? It does make sense. And it also makes me wonder, like, I think there are different definitions out there of emotional intelligence. Um, I mean, they're all similar, but I'm curious as to how you define it well, like in your brain. That's a scary place. But uh, <laughs> so in, in my mind, emotional intelligence is understanding that we actually if are, we have a choice in how we respond to people and how we approach people so that we can get the best result. Gotcha. Right. If, yeah. if, if you're not getting the result you want. So, so I'm going to be honest right here. I, I'm a lineman. I don't have much of a filter and there's, there's a combination that comes from people that I'm still struggling with Kate. Mm -hmm. um, 
when somebody's ignorant and arrogant, I, I'm having my favorite. Yeah, I, I have trouble with that, and I and, and I need to back away and regroup because I start to stutter, and I and I can feel my amygdala winning, and mm -hmm. I, I shake a little bit, and I, and it, and I've had some embarrassing moments because I because I hold back because right. I want to, I want to rip the guy's head off you sometimes, but now here's where I go with this. Now here's, what's helping me is when I get somebody who's both ignorant and arrogant, of course, I remember that Charles Darwin quote, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think I sent it to you. Um, you to ignorance, ignorance begets more confidence than does knowledge because mm -hmm. <laughs> people that haven't got a clue are really confident about what they're about to do. And the people that have some knowledge on it are a little more cautious. That's right. just, that's just nature. That was a Darwinian thing. But what I'm doing with ignorance and arrogance now, I'm looking at root cause. I'm trying to think, how did we hire this dude? Right. Where could we have caught this dude much earlier? And then what are we doing to help him? Right. And, and and if people are are beyond help, some people that are ignorant and arrogant, you you can't enter their space. It's just not safe. But if we can nudge our way into their space, we might be able to help them by acknowledging, you know, and 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 I and I've done this. Is look, dude, you're really you seem hostile and you're very, you're very direct with what you believe here. I'm trying to understand, you seem like a really bright guy. I'm trying to understand why I think. Your idea is that stupid, even though you're this smart. Can you explain that to me? I mean, now people who are listening, you think that's a soft skill? All right. I mean, you're on the edge of getting your head ripped off when you start saying stuff like that, right? So mm -hmm. so th this whole idea, I have a friend named Mike who hates it when I talk about soft skills. He says, there's no such thing as soft skills. There are hard skills. And we stop saying soft skill because there is nothing soft about our business and people think it's too gushy, right? Yeah. And he's, he's right. And I still slip and call them soft skills. But so my definition, I don't know if I answered your question, but I, I said it a little bit earlier. Emotional intelligence is one leg of a three-legged stool where if we can catch ourselves from reacting. So you're familiar with inertia? I am. The law of physics? Yes. Body in motion tends to stay in motion unless acted upon by an outside force. Correct. Right? So your momentum or inertia of your conversation, when somebody triggers you, that inertia is moving. We need an outside force to slow it down so you can change your response. That's that other voice that you just talked to in your head, mm -hmm. right? You know, you're hearing it, dude, don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and, and I'm not afraid to say, Hey, listen, dude, wait a second. What? I got this voice in my head saying, I, I shouldn't yell back at you right now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so <laughs> those, hard sometimes though, isn't it? Well, oh, yeah. And, and I, you feel I, like I, the other person can tell like what's happening because that's what happens to me. It's like, all right, I'm trying to control myself, but I feel like I have all of these tells. So they know that even though I'm not saying what I'm thinking, like they know. So if the other person thinks that their wisdom is based on only their analytical mind and they have got the solution. They just, you just have to listen because mm -hmm. you just need to do this step, this step, and this step. And that's it. We already know that uh, if you've been watching politics at all, uh, data and facts don't sway many people these days, right? It's influence. Correct. And, you know, it makes me think about the other quote that you sent me. Um, we talked about the Darwin one, but there's one, I think it was uh, the Dalai Lama and the gist of it basically is that we've become 
like as a society here in the United States, very good at creating clever minds in our schools, in our training facilities, in our workplaces. But what about that kindness and compassion component? Like, are we truly being successful in our relationships and our work if there isn't that balance between the mind and the heart? Yeah. So you're going to make me say the quote. I'm pretty sure I can. Um, okay. But let's, uh, let's hear but, it. But, well, <laughs> before I do it, I, well, I, I guess um, the, 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 it's interesting. You're when you talk about relationships, the best outcomes occur from how we how we interact with each other right mm -hmm. so so my my own quote for myself I, we have to decide what we believe kate um and i'm not talking about religion i'm not talking about politics if you're i'm on a job with you i gotta decide do i want your light to shine or do i want your light to shine as long as it's not brighter than mine mm -hmm. right and you see a lot of that in in people jockeying for position in our current culture, you know, I, oh, I'm really good at this and you can be really good at this as long as you don't make me not look as good as, as you, you can't look better than me. So, so my quote for me, my belief is I believe when we are helping others become the best version of themselves, we are being the best version of ourselves, right? That's my own personal belief. And you, you know, nobody, you can have it. Anybody can have it. That's just what I rule. That's what I've decided. Now, once I've decided that, and you hear this in meetings, well, we decided who's we, right? Did we really mm -hmm. decide or is this you deciding that we decided, right? <laughs> so, so if that's my belief, now my actions have to be moving pictures of that belief or I'm at conflict with me. And I don't want to be a conflict with me. It's not fun, right? right? That's that we, our coping skills without emotional intelligence, our coping skills suck, right? I mean, I spent nine years with Attila the Hun as a, as a, as a foreman in a utility with a two-man, four-man garage that I couldn't get out of because there was no movement. And my coping skills weren't good. I was, I became abrasive, a little depressed, drank a little bit too much uh, because those, those are your coping skills. Mm -hmm. But if we recognize that, we don't create that, right? So but that requires some heart. So if I'm working with you, I want you to be good at what you're doing. Because one reason I want you to be, because if we're working in high risk environment, you might save my ass without thinking twice for a minute. Right. You know, well, you know, I would save him, but no, just, just, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. So, so the Dalai Lama was at, uh, at uh, Columbia University. I got this from uh, John, Robert Thurman's book, uh, Wisdom is Bliss. I wouldn't, I don't know if anybody really wants to read that book. <laughs> I just was, I read a lot of weird stuff. He's a, Irma, Ulma Thurman's is the, oh, actress. Uma Thurman. that's, that's his, that's his daughter. Okay. And he's a Buddhist. I'm just interested. I'm not a Buddhist. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm spiritual, but not really religious. So, but I'm interested in, in the way different people think. So he's relaying this, the, the Dalai Lama's at Columbia university and he's accepting an honorary doctorate and being very gracious and all the dignitaries are there and I can see them up at the podium and actually have a, I have a picture of it. And he's, you know, his hands together, he's bowing and, and he says, and they look at him and he wants to say something very important. And, and he says, you know, I, I do have a bit of a problem with your curriculum, which is <laughs> so, so here guy just got an honorary doctorate and he's, he's going to call them out for their curriculum. Mm -hmm. I, I love it. I just love that, that he feels he can. And <laughs> He's he, the and Dalai he, Lama. Like, and they're like, look, they're right. They're like, look at him. Well, what are you saying? And he says, well, I'm concerned that it, it appears that your, your curriculum is producing 
is too much focused on producing clever brains and not enough focused on producing good hearts. Producing a clever brain without a good heart is unsatisfying to its possessor and danger to society. And I mean, he could, nobody could say it better. You need both, right? I can be the smartest dude on the planet, but if I can't connect with you, Kate, it doesn't matter because we can't, we need to, what we produce together here on this podcast is an, is a correlation between the both of us. Mm -hmm. What's in your brain, you say something, it hits my brain and hopefully we're hitting the brains of the utility workers. And in this case, so they understand that they have a choice on how they respond. And that is emotional intelligence. And if you know, I know people that know they're pissing you off when they're telling you something, right? Yeah. They know like, look, dude, you know, get over yourself. You got to get this done. Okay. There's times when we need to march in more and I get it. Right. Right. But there are a lot of choices before there then. And if, if we have people that don't recognize their, when you negatively affect somebody, they don't operate at their optimal performance. Right. Then we're leaving. We're not going to be competitive. How do we compete with the people that are? No, especially if you're getting, you know, yelled at or reprimanded. And I, I don't know if we mentioned it yet today, but it's, it almost makes you dumber. It's like, I'm not going to be very effective at my job if I'm getting yelled at um, instead of having somebody, you know, to talk to and discuss things with. Um, because the first thing that happens, at least to me personally, when someone screams at me is, yeah, like, I don't even know what to do. <laughs> and I do dumb stuff. So, so yeah, so you're talking, so in, I remember as coming up, it was a very autocratic, the lineman would yell at me and call me names. And, and then I even spoke to a lineman within the last year that said, was explained to an apprentice, get used to getting yelled at, because that's how this works. You need to be yelled at to understand. And I said, dude, I said, you know, all due respect, the studies are in, you know, there's been a lot of high fluting studies on this. And they've proven what you just said is not even close to being true. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, the more cognitive load you tie this brain that we have up with, right? The one that uses 20% um, of all the air you breathe and 20% of all the food you eat and is only 3% of your body weight. When you start tying that up with more cognitive load under stress mm -hmm. and you produce cortisol and all this other crap, your cognitive load, your cognitive ability diminishes. So you actually do become dumber, right? Yeah. And, and so... So if we understand that we don't have to be, you don't have to be soft and gushy, right. but you should be, we really need to be direct in this business, right? So I, I encourage linemen, if somebody tells you something that just is, sounds stupid, don't dismiss them, right? Did, didn't we talk about the hamburger bandwidth? We did. I think we on our first podcast. Right, right. So, yeah. so, right. So you don't decide you like a hamburger based on all the good ones. Your hamburger bandwidth is all the hamburgers you've ever tasted. Right. And then you, and you instantly rank it and list it as soon as you bite into it. Right. So this guy who's about to tell me something that seems really stupid. If I dismiss it, my hamburger bandwidth doesn't get any bigger. Right. Well, I want to hear what he has to say. And I want to understand, even if it's apprentice, right? Listen to it. I want to understand where you got this idea and why somebody as bright as you would think this is going to work. And maybe if you can, maybe if you can convince me, I will adjust what I'm going to do, but I need to hear you. Right. When we start listening to each other, we, we reach a whole new level. That's how our brains work, you know? So let me ask you this then. Um, emotional intelligence, it's, it's a skill. It's something that can be developed. Um, you can practice it. So what are some tactical ways, you know, like 
that's one of the things we like to do in these podcasts is not just talk about the theory and all this kind of stuff, but, you know, if people want to get better at this um, or work with somebody maybe on their crew, who's difficult in some way, like how can they get better so that the communication can be better so that the trust can be better and all that kind of stuff. That's a great, that's so, that's a great question, right? I've, I got this three piece thing that I like to talk about practice primes, um, uh, performance or your three perf- P's or, right? or yeah, performance or proficiency, whatever word you want to use. But if you want to get good at violin, you practice, right? So, mm-hmm. and we talked about this, you know, you, I hear a lot of companies say, Oh, we got stop work authority. Anybody can use stop work, work authority. And I say, okay, when do you practice that? And I hear, what do you mean practice? Um, how do you, well, maybe you should have an apprentice try to stop the job today and see if it really works. Right. Cause I know cases that I've investigated where, the guy in the bucket said, Hey, you're getting too close. You're jacking that wire. Neutral's pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neutral's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. He swings his bucket out of the way, so he's not in the arc, right? Because <laughs> nobody listened. Right. <laughs> right? Oh my God. Uh, and, and so when you have emotional intelligence, Kate, it, you, the, the outcome, the lesson learned or, or the, um, what, the outcome from your incident analysis, often it's training. Well, mm-hmm. we need to retrain you, which is really kind of demeaning for some people because they already know how to do it. And you're assuming that training is the issue. When in reality, if you were emotionally intelligent, you would have heard this. Yeah. Oh, we're doing underground. You know, I haven't done underground a long time. If you're emotionally intelligent, that tells you, you know, maybe we should do a little retraining on this just to make sure we're all on the same page because we haven't done it. Or, oh, cool. A brand new wire puller machine. Oh, I haven't seen this one. Right. And then something goes wrong. Well, you need to be retrained. Well, I never had it to begin with. Right. And, and, and And basically the type of, you know, it's the same thing. Linemen like to banter and utility workers, men, women, they like to banter, right? It's yeah. you hear this just happened to me. Uh, I'm on the gondola evacuation team. We climb these towers, clip in with a pencil wheel to the cable, ride the cable down to a gondola, ex- evacuate people out, climb back up. It's really fun. And I'm still doing it. And we, we come up to this tower and there's about, about six of us that are about to go up this tower. We look up and there's this bee's nest on the tower. Uh, it's a white, white butt hornet. Nest, oh God! up on one of the Those arms are... of the tower. And we look up and you hear the banter immediately like, ah, <laughs> nah, he says, I think you're going to go first. And they're pointing at each other and everybody's laughing. Yeah, that means this is, you know, this is scary. So the guy in charge says, looks up and he says, yeah, he says, you know, I think it's been really cold here up on the mountain. I said, I, I think, I think they're dead. He said, so I think we're going to be okay. And I start laughing and he says, well, what think... do you laugh? What do you laugh about? I said, well, you know what that means, right? What? He says, I said, I think probably might be, should be means you don't know. Exactly. <laughs> and we all start laughing. And then everybody said, no, I think that means he goes first. <laughs> right. So, so, and I said, well, look, oh, let's just, let's, so you're hearing all the banter, the, the dark humor, like, oh man, I could take three or four stings. How many can you take? You know I mean? We're, we're going back and forth. So I go over, I start banging on the metal tower and go, Hey, you're going to stir up the bees. I said, yeah, I hope so. Cause I'd rather stir them up, you know, 40 feet from them than five feet from them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So we did it it was step by step. And because we had that conversation, we were able to have a guy and test it and then drop the thing into a bag. All the bees were dead. So he, the guy was right, but he didn't, wasn't positive. He was right. right. So to answer your question, how do you practice that? So if you're doing a job brief, we didn't, we need to become transparent. If it's psychologically safe to be transparent, mm-hmm. then you can say, you know, look at, I'm working on this. You know, I have a couple triggers and if, if I get tense, I said, I'm going to count backwards in my head. That other voice that I listened to five, four, three, two, one, because it's been proven that counting backwards actually unhacks your amygdala, right? Really? 
because because we normally count forwards, it gives you enough time to to get you to try to unhack yourself. So 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 one way we can do it is to be transparent and you're even and talk to each other. Look, if you trigger me, you're uh, you know if or if you inadvertently are upset and start yelling at me, and I back off for a minute, just give me a minute. I'm trying to learn how to respond without reacting, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the the tactic there is to bring it out rather than have it be in your head and ruminating about it, then taking up two cognitive loads. So you take the jumper off at the wrong time and make a mistake. Let everybody know when it starts to hack you. Whoop. Hey, I'm getting hacked. I, I talk about this a lot in storm work um, with linemen. When you've been on the job five days or more, your adrenal glands sit on your kidneys and they re- they release cortisol and mm-hmm. adrenaline and when you're first going you're going and going you're on a schedule and then the schedule gets screwed up and now you're sitting in a parking lot for four hours and then you're going again and you're going and you're starting to get worn down and you end up with adrenal insufficiency you end up with it with you it's like crack right you're not getting that crack that adrenal charge and you start getting really grumpy and the guy you're working with you know you don't like the way he's picking his teeth you start getting a little <laughs> little annoyed at his joke he doesn't smell that good and you're getting grumpy right yeah. So the, the tactical part of that is to let everybody know, hey, look, dude, everything you're doing is starting to drive me crazy. I think it's that adrenal thing. And I just need to let you know, you are driving me nuts. I'm starting to hate your guts, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Is, and then you say, and you laugh and say, are you hating mine too? Is it happening to both of us, <laughs> right? And here you laugh because if you can do it, you can create laughter. That is the antidote to that because it produces oxytocin. So, so really we need to bring it out in, in the tactic. If you start to feel that tension is to laugh and let everybody know, Hey, it's starting to happen to me. I'm getting hacked. I want to well, re- go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I just, no, I just wanted to say, um, you know, depending on your age, I'm just thinking about, you know, a lot of, well, I don't know if it's a lot, but many line workers come into the industry and they're still, you know, in their early to mid twenties. I remember myself in my early to mid twenties. And I mean, this concept of emotional intelligence and and regulating myself and all of these things, um, I didn't have any idea about that. So I'm thinking like, this is kind of a good thing to be taught as a skill, um, you know, in our workplaces because if you grow up in an environment where you just, you know, if somebody else, like, let's say somebody like your parent or something, they have um, some kind of like, let's say they're, they're a narcissist or something like that. So there are certain ways that you learn to adapt to that. Um, and then when you go out into the real world and there are all of these different people and most of them aren't narcissists, you don't really know how to, um, I guess, ma- maneuver through that world and interact with people because, you don't know like what the right way is and what the wrong way is. Um, so I, from a personal standpoint, I think it's just a, a good thing to know because every workplace and, and even outside of the workplace, every relationship that you have with somebody else, you need to know how to work with them so that you can be as happy and productive as you can be. Um, so I like, again, uh, the guy that you talked about there was calling these soft skills. They're really not soft skills. I think we just haven't come up with a good enough term for them, but it's stuff that's super important. Um, and I think that when you have emotional intelligence, when you're able to establish psychological safety with other people, that's just going to make you more successful because people want to be around you. They want to be with you. They want to be along for the ride. Um and so it's super important. So, so, so uh, brilliant. Everything you just said, if I could package that, um, 
crew relationship affects crew safety. If you improve crew relationship, you, you improve safety, right? Mm -hmm. yep. These things improve crew relationship so you can interact to a higher level, right? So, oh, so, so yes. Yeah. So what you were talking about. So imagine I do simulations with linemen and do you know how hard it is first to get them to interact in a role play situation? I mean, tough. imagine if an apprentice school to your point, and if apprentice school, we actually role played this type of thing where you have a difficult foreman and a new apprentice and role play how you're going to respond to that. Uh, because when I talk to linemen, I also ask them, you know, how many have worked with a crew they couldn't wait to get off of? And usually they laugh and sometimes they, in a group, they'll point at the guy next to them. Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to get, can't wait to get away from this guy. Um, and, and I, and I said, seriously, you know, what do you do if you got a guy, you just, he's in, in the contractor world, we just drag, man, you know, I dragged another crew and that, that's a solution, but it doesn't fix the problem. Right. Right. That's like fixing your problem. Cause you're, it's affecting you. Just, you, I just quit. And you hear, I, I heard about one that quit yesterday. Um, alignment quit because for whatever reason, we don't leave jobs. No. We leave people. Yeah. We leave right? our supervisors who can't exactly in the correct way or a way that works for everybody. So to me, we're missing a lot of this. I mean, imagine if apprentice school, we actually learned some of the stuff we're talking about, had somebody come in and we did, we did some role-playing uh, on how this, what does this look like? What does it look like if your foreman says, shut up, climb that pole, you know? And right. And, and, uh, and you say, well, wait a minute, dude. He says, I can't have you in my head while I'm climbing this pole. So, can yeah. we start it? Can we start again? Because that doesn't work for me. And if the guy, what this comes to is, why are we hiring people that say, shut up, climb this pole? Right. And, or how do we screen for that? Because, you know, certainly people can come in and, you know, interview and act fine, but you don't always know, you know what I mean? So like, is there a way to screen for that? Well, there's, there's a range, right? There's a range in your, in your toolbox of how you're going to, how you can lead and how you can respond. Um, and if you only have one tool in your toolbox, right? You've heard it before, right? If, 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 if all you have is a nail, everything's a hammer, yeah. right? <laughs> right. So, so if you only, if you were brought up as a lineman and you were, or in your, and my father was a World War II Marine, right? I, I get it, right? I was, you know, get, get your ass outside, shut that television off, right? I mean, I, yep. I I still remember, not that it affected me. I still I have these weird little twerks I do, right? But <laughs> but but uh, if you're a foreman that was brought that way, that's your tool. What we need to do is get people to accept that there are other tools, right? Other ways. Yes. Um, well, so sort of related to that, um, you know, knowing which leadership style to use in which situations is a form of emotional intelligence. Do you think that we're teaching those different styles in the industry and when they should be used. Oh, so yeah. So the good, good lead in for this gate. So, yes. So, Thanks. so we're, uh, so if, if every, all you have is a nail, everything's a hammer. Yeah. And if all your, your only leader style is autocratic and I'm in charge and you'll listen to me and follow me, that's leader follower. Mm -hmm. And there's some instances where you need to do that. Right. Yeah, um, but it can't be, it isn't every instance and you shouldn't just use it as your only, only, only style because leader follower doesn't allow in, innovation and invention. You know, I, I just got a video sent to me. Imagine you're on a crew, you're working on the Florida storm, 
and you got you got a 300 foot section of a swamp and a mess of trees down and there's number four copper conductor it's a 300 foot section between poles and and somehow you got to re-pull this wire across the swamp so if i'm a leader follower the leader's going to come up with a plan he's going to tell you what to do and you're going to do it you know mm -hmm. if i say march you're going to march across the swamp right yeah well if you're in in an innovative test and learn group you're going to you're going to solicit what do you let's come on let's let's do let's get together what ideas do you have if you've been doing leader follower nobody's going to have an idea because they're not going to say a word because it's been leader follower the whole time and they know they're just going to say now nah, you're stupid don't do that i'm in charge this is right right it's not safe to talk to and you understand when you hear this and i hear i've heard this in every industry i've been i'm the foreman if you're i'm the doctor i'm the nurse i'm the paramedic yeah that's my authority's just been challenged and I'm telling you who's in charge. Yep. That's an amygdala hijack response. Well, you feel um, like a child again, like with your parent or something. Right. You're like, I'm the mom or I'm the dad. Yep. I, I mean, I, I, I've gotten in ambulances where I've seen this. I, I had one guy pull him aside. Look, dude, please don't yell. It's not helpful. That's what I told him. <laughs> okay. I, I, our, we are patient advocates. This patient's going to die if we don't all get together. So let's just not yell anymore. Okay. Right. Wow. <laughs> so, so here's this. They sent me a video. You know what this group did? They got together. One of them has a drone. They glued a hook to the bottom of the drone. They hooked a string to it. They flew the drone 300 feet with a string to a guy in a bucket who grabbed the string. They used the string to pull back a, a line to tie to the wire, to pull the wire across the swamp. Those types of solutions don't happen in leader follower. Yeah. It takes a group to agree because this is out of the box thinking a drone. Really? I've never seen a drone used for that as alignment myself until I saw that video, but that had to be a cumulative effort. Hey, what if we did this? And what if we added this? It has to be safe to, to contribute ideas. So when you, what you ask, there's, I can think of five leadership, five teaching styles, which are really leadership styles, right? Um, you can be command autocratic, command mm -hmm. or you can be task oriented all right you guys this is what i want you to do right uh you can have a what's called a reciprocal arrangement where listen i want you two to go and figure this out together you two you know this is what we need to get done mm -hmm. and you two figure it out that's a reciprocal command task reciprocal arrangement guided discovery i can have an idea and i can try to help kind of what if we did this and then see what kind of feedback i get and try to guide a new discovery of what we're going to do or I can create a problem called problem solving, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, these are all tools in my toolbox. I can say, all right, here's the problem. Go take five minutes and let's come back and talk about what we're gonna do. Or I can say, well, this is, these are the our options we have. We got, we can do this, this, that's what I see. What do you see? And how do those options work together for you guys? Or I can just say, I'm the boss and this is what we're doing. Now, maybe there's times where I need to do that, but mm -hmm. if that's the only thing you're using, that's the guy that's going to eventually leave and go to another crew. Understood. And and when we lose talent, we're not competitive. No. If if I can tell you, there it's a red flag, right? If you got a crew where the, your your foreman has got fifteen years, and everybody else has a year or less, mm -hmm. there's a problem there. It means nobody will stay there. So often, though, the the red flags are right in front of you, right? Right. Or or you've got a job that's going on. And you've had 100% turnover of your crews on that job. And you can say, well, yeah, they just want to go to a better job. They got better per diem. You know, that's all BS. It's been proven. People will stay for less money if they like where they are. A thousand percent. Right. So, yeah. so what we're talking about, okay, this is to me as an industry, and this is why it's so, it's so much passionate to me. If, 
if we can understand that that three-legged stool creating trust and making it a safe space and then be emotionally intelligent enough to ask the right questions so that we can we can engage everybody to a higher level then everything after that starts to line up in the right way. But if you go past all that and say, listen, I don't care what you think. I don't care that you're, you're hungover today. I don't care that your mother, you know, just had a divorce, you know, or, or whatever. Um, this is what I need done today. Get it done. Mm-hmm. The, the outcome isn't as good. No. And, and, and I think if every lineman agrees that crew relationship affects crew safety, then I'm hoping they're listening to this because there's little things we can do low hanging fruit just to listen to that other person that you talked to earlier today, you know, mm-hmm. the one in your head mm-hmm. that, that, <laughs> that everybody has that person in their head. And if we're creating a lot of talk in your head because of the way we're leading, you're creating cognitive load on that person who needs to re- needs to have this game down because they're about to go into a real critical move. And if you're creating a lot of noise in their head, yeah. you're making it more dangerous for them. Yeah. Um, so that's, I, I know that I, I hope, hope people are listening to this because this, this is really nobody I appreciate that you're even bridging this. This is, you can hear a lot of stuff on emotional intelligence. They'll give you the how to, right? This mm-hmm. is what you need to do. These are the steps, linear steps to be more emotional intelligent. I think we all already have it. We have the ability to choose. We just have to recognize that our brain is thousands of years old and has evolved to adapt and react. We now have the science revolution is 500 years old. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot more information available to us now that we can use to override that older part of brain that wants us just to react and, you know, or or hit the guy in the face because he's he's starting to bother me. Right. And I heard about it on the storm just recently. I got into a fist fight. And, you know, I would expect that in a storm that lasts as long as this Florida storm has lasted Mm -hmm. and the amount of. Um, um, adrenaline sufficiency that's occurring with the amount of hours and the conditions they're working in, you're going to get irritable. But yeah. if you make it, if you make it transparent, I'm getting irritable again and laugh about it and say, is it just me or is anybody else feeling like my smell bad today? You know what I mean? <laughs> if you, yes. if you start having that, that's the reaction you just gave is the reaction you get. And that laughter is, the, is the antidote to that. But, it, but if nobody, if everybody's ignoring it and just pushing it down, pushing it down, and then trying to override it. And I'm, 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 I, he's driving me crazy. I'm, I'm going to ignore it. You're going to make mistakes. Yeah. Or explode, you know, which is a mistake in itself. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, so I have one last question for you. You know, we mostly talked about emotional intelligence in the context of the workplace and crew relationships. Um, but one thing that you and I have talked about in the past is, um, you know, I think this this emotional intelligence thing is holistic in nature. So to close out the episode, can you talk a little bit about what we're discussing, um, like how it can apply to people's personal lives as well? Absolutely. So so whenever we get in an argument, we fight, we have chosen sides. And, I, and if I put you into a defensive position, you're going to defend yourself. And then I'm going to defend what I believe. You can, I mean, if you want to see what it looks like, just watch television, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah. you know, watch the Democrats and the Republicans. I'm registered as no party, so I'm not. I'm apolitical, but but they're not listening to each other to understand their position. They've already decided what their position is, and then they're defending it, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of like the war in Ukraine, right? The Russians are defending what they believe their position is, and the Ukrainians are trying to defend their company. 
country. Well, they're both defending their own position, but nobody's nobody's meeting in the middle because there's still a war. Right. Well, if if you're in an argument with your your whoever your cohabitation person is, whether it be a, a roommate, a partner, whatever, that's if you're in an argument, it's because you're both defending your position. Right. If you can learn how to do this at work, you can do it at home. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you the divorce rate among linemen isn't low. Right. So imagine um, if, and part of, I also believe in fi- talking finance with linemen um, because a lot of them don't run, handle their money very well either. They make really good money. And, but if you're married four times, you don't have much of it left. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so if they, if you could learn, uh, one, one foreman said to me once he was married four times, he said, Billy, I said, I don't know what's wrong with all those women. <laughs> I said, geez, I said, you go to the bathroom ever? He said, yeah, just look in that mirror every day. You could tell <laughs> <laughs> they have the same common denominator. I'm surprised you didn't notice. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So imagine if we could understand, I'm okay with you disagreeing with me, Kate. If Let's say we're living together and, but let's talk about what we agree with. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the things we can change. If we've reached deadlock with what we disagree with. All right. I got to accept your position. You accept mine. We're not going to agree to disagree on this. Let's move forward mm-hmm. because the energy we're going to spend trying to convince each other that we're right isn't worth it. No, it's exhausting. It, it, yeah, it uses too much cognitive load and it takes away from any positive direction. Exactly. So I, I'm 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 an advocate for starting this really young. As a matter of fact, I'm I, I'm going to end up going back to school because I think I'm going to start teaching teaching. But uh, I don't know. That seems ridiculous. But I why I'm a, that's well, not ridiculous. I, I just I. I just believe that if we want to affect change, it needs to start younger because it's harder for us old people, right? Once we've adapted to a certain style, it's hard. But once, to me, it's like waking up, right? It's becoming self-aware. When we start seeing that, holy cow, I can talk to myself in my head and and I can actually control that voice because it's me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? (laughs) So, So when I flip off the handle, I knew I wasn't supposed to. And I, I can actually control that if I wait a minute. You know, uh, it, it, I think I think it's not just the skill of the work. It's it's the skill is the, the skill is the relationship, because if we're going to work together in a crew, mm-hmm. we want the best possible outcome. And, and I think what we're talking about here, I hope people spent the time to take a to listen to this entire series in this podcast, because if we can get more and more people to wake up and become more self-aware. We can have it doesn't require a lot of people on the it requires having the testosterone if you're a male or maybe female too to make transparent what you're feeling on the job. Look at dude, please stop yelling at me because you occupy too much space in my head when you do that. Yeah. I mean, that's not a soft that that's not that's hard to do. People are afraid to do that because they're afraid, well, they're gonna get fired. I would rather get fired if I if I have a belief, and this this is the other part of it, Kate. I need people need to decide what they believe. If you believe that you have the right not to be treated like that, then you need to express it. Mm-hmm. Right. And take whatever consequence occurs from expressing your belief. Right. Because you're taking the consequence of letting other people express their belief. They believe they can. They can treat you poorly, then you believe it too, because silence is consent. It is. And right? yeah, and I think partially it's about also just personal integrity. Like, hey, this is how I believe and how I feel. And I'm 
the same as you are. So, so the, the most of the people involved in this industry are workers. The smaller piece is management. Mm-hmm. You want to steer management? Start start accepting it. We this is portable safety. These are skills we can take portably, no matter what Kool Aid this utility wants us to drink or what contractor. Right? We can take this with us. And when I work for a utility and I get a I get somebody that says, "Look, it starts a manager that starts this." I don't need to be rude to him, but I need to be direct. Look, mm-hmm. at, this is not how I operate. Uh, we, we Let's see if we can come to terms here, because if you're going to continue operating in this manner, I don't think I can function in this in this environment. I mean, that that's a emotionally intelligent response, yeah. which is different than than, you know, giving him the finger and calling him <laughs> bad names. Right. Because that just doesn't work. No, it doesn't. I mean, it occasionally feels good in the moment, but like in general, it does not work. Imagine if we could get the two linemen on the ground that are talking to each other about the guy in the bucket, because that's always what goes on. Right. It's the two guys. The same thing happens in hospitals. Right. The nurses look at together. Why the hell is that doctor doing that? You know, <laughs> or the two the two linemen. You know, why the hell is he doing it that way? Imagine if we could get the the, the guts to say, hey, dude, stop for call all over a minute. We're trying to understand why you're doing it that way. Yeah. And then the guy in the bucket, instead of giving him the finger and saying, shut the F up, you know, I'm, uh, uh, you're not in the bucket. I'm going to do it the way I want saying, look at, I think I'm doing fine, but I need to understand why you think something's up. You know, yeah. I got a different view here. Let's just taking the, the 30 seconds to discuss it. It could save so many things. You know, I mean, we, Every these accident investigations. Oh yeah, you know, I was thinking that I didn't say anything, or I was wondering why he was doing it that way. Um, you know, I didn't think the plan was good to begin with. I mean, you hear this over and over again. We aren't going to solve all the problems, but we can we can start chipping away at the ones where, you know, twenty. I've read a statistic recently. Twenty four hundred of every of hundred linemen every every year get serious injuries. Wait, how many? 2,400 out of a thousand, out of a hundred, okay. out of a hundred thousand. Okay. Get seriously injured. So I don't know how many fatalities there are. I know that in our, in our industry, in our country, not just utility workers, um, 100 workers a week go to work and die at work. That's scary. It's, I'm going to tell you, it's not on CNN or Fox nope. news. No, nope. they're not marching in Washington DC for our American workers that are dying a hundred a week, right? We get all alarmed, you know, when there's a, a, a flesh-eating bacteria off the coast of Florida, you know, and nobody swims, you know, and you have a you have a 500 million, one in 500 million chance of that happening again, but we stop swimming, but right, but we lose a hundred workers a week and we're not looking for new ideas. And that's kind of what we're doing here. This is my opinion, is I'm okay with this trying this, we determine if people try this and actually practice this and find out it doesn't work. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. I'm not fine with doing exactly what we're doing over and over and expecting it to change. Right. So that's what this podcast series is. You know, learning how to influence each other to try new things yeah. requires the three-legged stool we're talking about, it requires trust, psychological safety, and emotional intelligence. And in order to affect change, you need to be able to say something. And until we get that stool balanced, we're all going to keep it inside our, our head and only talk to that little guy that's inside our head that nobody else can hear. Right. Or see. Well, yeah. Bill, I want to thank you so much for your time today. Um, I think this was a really great conversation. Um, and I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Bill and I are going to be back soon with our next episode of Influencing Safety. So until then, stay safe and be well. 
The views, information, and opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Utility Business Media and its employees. It is strongly recommended that you discuss any actions or policy changes with your company management prior to implementation.